Hey, welcome to the Extra Podcast. My name's Daniel Markin. This is the third time we've started recording this podcast because the openings have been so terrible, but now the third time is the charm. Joined around the table is not Jeff Bucknam. Joined around the table is not Ezra Okoti. Joined around the table is not Greg Harris or Andy Steiger or Paul Siemens. None of them want to be a part of what we're doing here on the podcast. Oh, can I just throw up a red flag for or a flag for Paul? Like Paul was playing hurt on Sunday, so Paul gets a break. Paul is sick and he still preached on Sunday, so props to Paul. Like I said, nobody here wants to be a part of what we're doing on the mm. podcast, but that voice you just heard there is someone who does. That's right. That's John Mulder. That's right. John, you are um, a pastoral intern here at the church. You bet. And you are typically at the Mission Campus. Joined around the table as well. I'm looking across at one of our worship directors, Andrew Gettert. Hey, how's it going? Wow, Andrew, relax. Look, I'm just enthusiastic to be here, you know? He, this Ready is to guy, serve in the house of the Lord. This mm. is a guy right here who wants to be a part of what we're doing here mm. on this podcast. And so I'm excited to have him on. And to my right, my longtime friend, mm. Blood Brother. Yeah, longtime listener, first time caller. Good to be here. This is Luke um, Friesen. Yeah. Luke, this is your first time ever on the program, isn't it? This is my first time ever on this movement, and it's great to be here. Luke's a friend of the show. And uh, we're happy that Luke is here on the show. He has his own podcast, which is... Between Two Worlds, it's for parents. I mean, if you're not a parent, you can still listen. There's mediocre stuff on there. Feel free to listen to our movement. Yeah, that's a parent. That's a that's another podcast Whoa, movement. Nice. You're the high school pastor here. The high school pastor, and yeah. And so that's about um, lots of high school issues. and mm-hmm. for High school, to, middle school. I mean, you even branch into young adults. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. I don't know, kids stay kids till I don't know, 25 now. Because you are a young adult? Yes, that's the reason, John. Oh, okay. Just yeah. checking. So Luke, Luke is a uh, an awesome pastor. Yeah. And he's got an awesome podcast. But he's taking time out of his day to do yes. what the other pastors would not do mm. and be a part of this movement, part of this podcast. And Dan, can I just say something? That's because I care. It's because I care about what you're doing here. That's what I like to hear, Luke. Luke, you just you carry yourself like a podcast veteran. Can Thank I say you. that? I appreciate the compliment. To all the listeners out there. You would never know this is Luke's first time podcasting because he's such a consummate professional. Mm. I appreciate that, guys. That really means a lot to me. That's great. Hey, um, as we were trying to think about how we'd start this podcast, this is a unique kind of group of guys here in the sense that none of us are older than 30. We could almost call this the millennial podcast if we wanted to. Oh, my goodness. But then Greg would have a fit and <laughs> Jeff would never yep. hear, we'd never hear the end of it from Jeff. Mm-hmm. So yep. we will continue calling this the extra podcast. That's right. Extra remixed. Oh. It's the extra mm. remix podcast. And uh, guys, I mean, that's the thing that unites us all. We're millennials. Is, yes, that's what unites us. Yes. It's not the gospel. You know, it's not faith in Jesus. No, it's that we're millennials. It's our age. Yeah. Like, why you gotta be so serious all the time, John? That's why? just what I do. It's that Mark Driscoll influence on his life. Yeah, that's right. John, yeah, what you went down to Portland. <laughs> yeah, I did. Did your Bible degree? I did. And then I was. How'd uh, you end up here? Uh, so I ended up here through the internship program. Uh, it was great. I was, like I said, like they said, I did my undergrad at Multnomah University, which is in Portland. Um, but then when I graduated there, I did the internship program here at Northview, um, and it was a fantastic experience. I got to work with Andy Steiger and the young adults ministry, learned a lot and kind of was affirmed in a lot of 
the things that I was thinking about potentially doing in regards to pursuing ministry as a something that I would do long term. And so that's kind of how I started at Northview in, in the ministry aspect. I grew up at Northview. Um, and once the Immerse program was on the table, I applied and started talking, having conversations with Kyle about what that would look like, who Kyle oversees the Immerse program. And I was accepted in and I'm now here learning and growing and being developed as a, a minister of God's word. Yeah. And what is the Immerse program? So the Immerse program... For those of you that don't know, I'm sure lots of you listening have some idea, but for those of you that don't know, the Immerse program is basically a um, a context ministry-based master's program. So what we do is we are in school working towards our master's degree, but it's not traditionally, it wouldn't look like a traditional school program where you're in class all the time writing papers and taking exams. You're working with a team of mentors and growing in your, your knowledge and your skills as um, a leader and a, as a discipler of um, those that are following Christ. And as you grow in those, those skills and, and in your knowledge as well, then they start to recommend you for different things and they check off different aspects of your, of the requirements of the program and say, yeah, you're, you're progressing and we can confidently say that you've got these things, um, these skills and these abilities at a, at a level that we're comfortable saying, yes, you are, master's level, but continuing to grow in those things. It's never, it's never saying, yes, you've arrived. It's always a, yes, this, we're comfortable saying you can, you could enter the ministry with these skills, but you're continually growing in those and you're going to have weaknesses and you're going to have strengths. And so this program is designed to help us find out what some of those are, but also then to help us grow in all areas of our, our ministry. Sweet. And so John, you were a product of the internship here. Mm. If you have never been to Northview before, or maybe been a long time here, one of the things you'll notice is Northview is really committed to developing leaders. And I think all of us here at this table have, we've gone through the internship program and we count that as, you know, us being poured into is one of the reasons that we're kind of sitting here today. Mm -hmm. Andrew, yours is a similar sort of deal, right? Yeah, not <clears throat> not quite as in-depth as the Immerse internship, but it was, um, it's a 10-month program where you sit under the uh, teaching and tutelage of guys like Greg and Kyle and Jeff and Ezra, um, theological classes. And you also just get applicable ministry training mm -hmm. um, under a pastor of a department. Um, so it's kind of that like 50-50-ish where you're in ministry, actually doing hands-on stuff, learning, growing. And then the other side of it is just being um, equipped and trained mm -hmm. in the Bible and theology and all that good stuff. So the one side of this is your dad was a pastor. Yeah. And now here you are working at a church, but you, you didn't want to be a pastor. Yeah. Growing up, I, uh, I don't know why I had this hesitancy to just go into ministry. I mean, I love, obviously I love my dad and I love the person that he is and his character and everything about him. But, um, ministry to me just never seemed exciting. I it just seemed boring and stale. And, um, I, I always resisted the idea of, of being a pastor until, uh, one day as I was pursuing my bachelor of science, I had a real God moment on the side of the road when I just felt the, the spirit convicting me to go to school. And, and I, I had gifts at the time. Like I was, I was musically gifted and, um, I had some leadership skills. And so it wasn't like part of the package wasn't already there, but I just felt the call of God in my life mm. to, to go do it. And, and not everybody experiences that, like that significant moment, you know, everyone's, everyone experiences a different calling for others. It's more subtle, but for me, it was, mm. I can just recall the distinctness of that moment. And ever since, like I've never forgotten it. And it's kind of been the, the pushing force behind me throughout my um, education and now through my internship and now as I start ministry. So 
It's kind of cool. That's sweet. Now Luke has a similar way, not a similar, similar in the sense, but also very kind of radical. You had a, uh, well, you know, in high school, Luke, you high school Luke was different Luke than this Luke. They're, you know, very different. You uh, you drove really fast, Luke. I like to drive fast. That's right. Put, and yeah, uh, you know. No. High school stuff. <laughs> High school stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> knock people's books out of their hands. Oh, that was fun times. Oh, classic. Shove people in lockers. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Jeez. And now you're discipling youth. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, shoving them the Bible instead now. Oh, Whoa. that's great. Man. And that's oh, nice. Thanks. And that's the uh, the family business in your sense. Family business. Yeah. I mean, I, I did the. Well, I started from the beginning. I from I became a Christian. I'd say at or really took my faith seriously when I was seventeen. Went to a Cape and Ray, and it was like from then on. Like I, I just remember I was in a field, and God turned my heart. And from that day on, I was like, I want to be in a church somehow. Hmm. And so I went to Cape and Ray, then did CBC, and during my internship, landed up here at Northview, um, underneath Kyle and Dan. I did a joint internship of middle school and high school. And did my CBC internship on top of that. And then uh, stuff happened where Kyle got moved into discipleship and there was no high school pastor. And so me and Colin Fast, who's also an Immerse student now, uh, kind of had control over it until they brought my dad in. So people who think that I'm just here because my dad is the pastor of high school, young adults and middle school, you're wrong. Technically, you preceded him. I was here. They brought Ron because I'm here. So if it's... <laughs> but doesn't that seem like it should say that Ron kind of came in to clean up the mess that was made? <laughs> okay, Luke, maybe... Luke maybe. hired Ron. <laughs> Luke hired Ron on. Yeah, so, but I was here I was here before, and then just Ron so happened to be like the youth guy in Abbotsford for mm-hmm. teaching at CBC, so they brought him on, who was actually an elder at Northview. So it's just a happy coincidence that yeah. we're in the same family, and he's my dad. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So, that's yeah, really and cool. now I, that's two years ago, and now I officially became a pastor in October. That's awesome. So very exciting, very, very cool. daunting, mm-hmm. but happy to be here. Yeah. Is it daunting to you because you are young? Yes. Oh, very much so. Like do you, I, do you guys feel that same pressure too? Um, I think in some ways. Um, I think out of the four of us, I'm the, the oldest one here. Well, John, you are the oldest. You're a big 2-9. I am. I'll be, I'll actually be 30. You'll um, be 3-0? Next you'll week. You'll be a big 3 Next yeah. week. Yeah. Wow. So AJ we, Getter, you're a, you're a big 2-8? I'm an 8, eight over 20, baby. Mm. Yep. Yeah, so, you're an 8 over 20. 2-4. You're a big 2-4, soon to be a 2-5. I mean, two, I mean, like six months, seven months. But Do you know they say yeah. that once you hit 25, that's when you begin to really die? It's like, yeah, no, it's after that you slowly start to decay. Yeah. 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 Bio- like biological to- decline. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm, I'm scared Tom, for you. Except Tom Brady. Maybe <laughs> That's I can, right. Except Tom Brady. Except That's right. Too bad, John. He didn't win. That's all right. I, I mean, I'm not, my sports teams aren't my idols, so I don't get like all kinds uh, of depressed they, they or are. overly happy. They're kind of idols. So, you know. I do feel like the gospel was proclaimed very well. Oh my goodness. Super Bowl. God's, like, God's team was definitely the Eagles. Like their head coach. No, seriously. Their head coach was a uh, former former seminary president. Um, really? Down in Charlotte. Yeah, at, at uh. Reformed Theological. Like I read yeah. an, Kyle shared an article with me. Nick Foles thought about quitting to become a pastor. Yeah. I so, mean, just, well, Wentz wasn't playing, but he's a he's a yeah. solid believer, isn't he? Also him yeah. and their safety. So like, just, yeah. Anyways, anyways, I, anyways. I mean, I'm a little bit facetious. Wow. If wow. I can speak when I say Big God's team, nine. but like <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of godly men on that team and just, you know, I'm actually kind of happy for them, even though I am a Patriots fan. Um, no, coming back to the question you asked about, age. you know, age and age. feeling daunted by that. I, I think, I think in some ways 
when you're younger, uh, yeah, you, you absolutely do, especially when you're, you know, preaching and, and even leading in various ways, you, you kind of get that thought in the back of your mind when you're going to, when you're up there delivering a sermon of, are they going to take me seriously? Are they, mm. are they going to listen? Are they, um, and I think that what I come back to quite often just as, as kind of my confidence in my root is that my authority is not my authority when I'm preaching doesn't come from my experience or my wisdom or my age. It comes from the fact that what I'm teaching from is God's very words. Mm. And so that's what gives me the confidence and the boldness. It, it, it's that I'm, I'm basically God's mouthpiece in this. Mm. And he's going to fill me with his spirit to proclaim what it is that he wants me to say and has me to say. And he's going to work in the hearts of those that he he's going to work in. Um, and if there are certain people that, that do have issues with, you know, the, the youngness or the youth of a, a certain individual, hopefully as they get to know us and they get to see the kind of lives that we're living, they can see that this is not just something we're doing because we want to be up in front of people or we want to have authority or power or control over things. But this is just something we want to do because honestly, God's called us to it. And we really do want to see lives changed mm. by the gospel. Yeah. Use, go ahead, Andrew. Oh, and think about the alternative. Like, like what's the alternative to, to actually doing ministry when you're young? It's like, wouldn't it be waiting until you're older to do it. And then, it, but then everybody, like all of us, we'd just be sitting here like waiting, 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 getting trained, equipped, yada, yada, mm-hmm. waiting, waiting. And eventually one day we'll be good enough because then we're old enough and mm-hmm. suddenly now we have experience yeah. and authority yeah. to teach. It's like, but, but when, that's like, how do we yeah. get there? You know, like, how do we actually get our hands dirty? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I, I think that's one of the, the great things about this church that we are a part of is they actually value giving young leaders the opportunity and the space to, to go out and try things and, and make mistakes and help them work through that. Uh, that's one of the beauties of the immerse program is part of the, the program is that I'm, we're doing full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. We're doing the, the work of ministry, discipling people, uh, meeting with different people going and just working through theological discipleship issues, whatever it may be. And we're getting that experience, but it's not, we're not out on our own somewhere. We've got a team behind us. So we've got guys like Kyle and, you know, for Daniel, who's in the program, he's got Andy as his mentor. And so he can go to Andy with anything and Andy's there to, to help or mm-hmm. to kind of support. We've got the care department. So mm-hmm. if we have any questions, we can go and talk to Thalia or Paul or Vic and yeah. we can bring them in on anything. Um, for me in mission, I've got Ezra and even Andrew and Laura, who I can go to if I've got questions about what, what ministry looks like. And, and so that's, it's really a great program for us to be able to, to grow in our, in our skills, but also just be built into as people and, and, you know, disciples. Yeah. The, uh, and also I've just found that too, as I've been serving here and and been a part of this church, that you guys, the, the church in general are just so supportive. It's, it's amazing. I just want to say thank you for supporting these young leaders and uh, you know, like, yeah, it means, it really means a lot to, you, you acknowledge us and say hi to us and whatnot. So, um, guys, I want to bring up something here because I've been thinking a lot about lately about the great commission and how we're called to make disciples, uh, baptizing and teaching and teaching <clears throat> and going. <laughs> right. And so those are the three things of making <laughs> Uh, those are that, those are the three aspects, right? Going, uh, teaching, and baptizing. But it, that's all within making disciples. And uh, one of the things that I've been thinking about is how disciples, we're not just disciples. 
Do you know what I mean by that? Like, just because we're working on staff in ministry doesn't mean that we're the only disciples and that mm-hmm. it, we're the ones proclaiming the gospel. Lately, I've been mm-hmm. reading a lot and thinking through the fact that I think, you know, Martin Luther, was it Martin Luther who said, talked about the priesthood of all believers? Yeah, that was a big uh, a point of Luther in the as he developed his thought through the process of the Reformation. So for the Reformation wasn't just this like lightning bolt moment for Luther where all of a sudden he had this conversion moment and all of his theology changed. It was as he processed through these things, he started to to recognize other errors in, in, in some of the teaching and those kinds of things. And one of the things the Catholic Church taught was that the like priesthood was reserved for the, the clergy of the church, so those that worked for directly for the church. And Luther kind of brought that back down and said, no, 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 no. Like, First Peter two is going to talk about how we're all priests. We all are um, God's representatives and responsible for the ministry ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we're we're all disciples with this call, with this mission, and we're all responsible for the work of ministry with the gifts that God has given us. Yeah. So so by extension, everyone is to be a minister wherever they are in in life. Mm-hmm. So whether I mean, I think it's good to be. It's great, yeah, if there's pastors and people who feel called to full-time ministry, awesome. But I think by extension, those who aren't called to that, you know, they should be serving in their church, but also they should be serving their community and they should be ministering to people who don't know Christ in their neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go and uh, you're meeting up at a soccer practice with someone, like you're you're a minister there. You're God's ambassador as you go forward in the world. I still believe that everyone is called to ministry in like the same sense that Gettard had it and I had it. The, the the whole sense that you are you, there is a ministry that can suit your gifts extremely well and I think too often we just be like I'll just serve here or I'll just serve there instead of actually thinking about okay what am I gifted at mm-hmm. and how can that serve the church I think too often we just limit ourselves to being like am I good at music no can't do that do I like kids no I can't do that or I'm like, we just feel like we have to fit in whatever the church does. And I mean, North is an awesome church where there's so many places to volunteer, but smaller churches, Mm -hmm. they don't have that luxury of having all these different um, components or whatever you want wording you want to use. I think specializations in, in, in ministries, right? Like in a smaller church, you're going to have maybe a youth department and and a children's ministry Mm -hmm. and, and maybe a lead pastor, but that may be it. There's not, may not be like a, a discipleship department or, you know, even exactly. a, like a food ministry or a bunch of other, you know, kind of ministries that the church organizes that, that do different things in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that comes and we just think the church is supposed to do all this stuff for us. But when we can think for ourselves, what am I good at? What am I passionate? What has God placed on my heart mm-hmm. for other people? And somehow think of some way to serve the community around you with the church and doing that. Like, what are the passions that you have? Yeah. Like I talked to someone the other day and they love books and reading and getting into books and seeing how are, how's everything written? I'm like, why don't you start like a book club? And this is a great way to disciple young people. Totally. So just, just, just random stuff you can be doing. Um, so yeah, I think everyone is, is a call to ministry in that kind of sense. Yeah, it's really interesting. As you were talking, I was thinking about what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, where he uses the image of um, a body for um, the church of Christ as kind of this image for different giftings that people will have. Um, And in verse 15, he says, now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. It's interesting. I think a lot of times we 
people with different giftings will say, well, because I don't speak publicly or because I'm not gifted at, you know, counseling people or because I'm not ex- fill in the blank of whatever that is, they think they're not needed or that they, they're, they're not valued as part of the body. And the reality is, is if a body didn't have a, f- have a couple of feet, it's not going to walk. Yeah. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, and each part is crucial. That's Paul's point. If you continue reading verse or through chapter 12, his point is, is that we need all the parts of the body. And yes, some are going to be more public and more in front of people. That doesn't mean they're more valuable. It mean, just means they're part of the body and that's where God has placed them. And other people are going to be more behind the scenes and they're going to be um, not seen publicly. And that may be, they may really love that. There, are, I know lots of people that, that serve here at Northview and that's they, they don't want to be in front of people. They don't want necessarily to have that kind of recognition. They, they enjoy just serving. Mm-hmm. And we need all of those, those people and those gifts that God has blessed the body with. Um, and not one gift is better than the other. It's just visibility that is the reality. It's not that that's a better gift or a more important gift where they're all needed for the body to function well. Any other comments, Andrew? Yeah, I just think, <clears throat> I think that sometimes we, I don't know if, I don't know if over spiritualize is the right word, but we just, mm. we don't define the word calling well enough. Like, mm. like when we say that, when we talk about having a call to ministry or a call to priesthood or a call to whatever, like often what we're thinking about is God's voice. Yeah speaking to us and telling us to go and do this. Like and something this is, other than the Bible. Yeah, it's like, well, everyone should have their Paul moment on mm. the road to Damascus where we're like, we're all on a, a horse and suddenly we're just like <laughs> hit with lightning and thunder, you know? Like, it's like, we should all have that moment. That's the calling. Like, that's your calling to ministry. Or we have this misconception that all pastors have had that moment. And, yeah. you know, but calling, I think, is much more about like, or can be much more about, like, even as Luke was talking about, just what are your... When you think about your calling, what are what do you enjoy doing? What are you good at doing? Because mm-hmm. those are ways that God has called you mm-hmm. to be a part of the body. Right. And those are by passions, giving you those things. And those are passions that He's placed in you for a yeah, reason. Absolutely, yeah. And and yeah, with a purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Luke, you spent a lot of time uh, working with high school students. What yes. do you think are some of the um, some of the most important things that they need to know? As far as like, when, you know, because a lot of them are aiming out for college now. And yeah. we always think, and I know, especially for young adults, we're thinking, you know, what's God's will for my life? Yeah. And, uh, you know, John asks this every day, like, what, what is God's will for my, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's totally what, if you know. Yeah. All right. John, John, <laughs> about John for a long time, the will for his life, he thought was to play for the New England Patriots. Yeah. And that never really panned out. And then, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, John. Anyway, you were talking to Luke about what, what it looks like to help people discern maybe God's well, will and well, call yeah. on their lives and those kinds of things. John, thank you for that. I was trying to ask the question, uh, you know, because we think that there has to be a certain specific thing that God has planned for our lives yeah. and our will. Um, do you agree with that? What do you tell your high school guys? Uh, I tell, I mean, Jeff, a couple of sermons ago, uh, he said the, the, the Westminster catechism, mm-hmm. or was that it? That it is? Yes, 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 yes. yes. It's like the third or fourth question there, or the first question. What is the chief end of man? Mm -hmm. To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Let's go, Luke. That's what (laughs) I'm talking about. And then, and then, uh, so uh, that's what I say is that you got to glorify God. And what does that look like in your life? 
What does it look like to glorify God in your life? And how do you glorify God the most is when you're most satisfied in him. Mm-hmm. Quote John Piper. Nice. JP. And JP. You can't Christian go wrong Edenism. with him. What? <laughs> Christian Edenism. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's like, what gifts has God given you? And so I always tell high schoolers is that when they're going out, how do you glorify God the most? And one, as I always tell them, you have to belong in a church. Mm-hmm. Like you have to go to church. So wherever you're going, be a part of your local church. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the most important advice because trying to do this walk on your own without the church, I mean, good luck. Like, I don't, I don't think you can without We're, having I, this. I, I think, it's impossible to. Yeah. So if you want to know God's will for your life, like stay in this community of believers, glorify God and really try. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all through God's grace and the power of the Holy spirit that we are able to do anything that's worth of any good. Um, and so it's, it's through that, um, that, that I tell my kids it's mm-hmm. that glorify God, whatever you do. John Mulder always says, glorify God and do what you want. Is that yeah, what you say? Uh, well, like sort of, yeah, that, that'll work. Love God, do what you want. That's it. I think we put way too much pressure on ourselves when we are making decisions to like make sure we've got it right. Like doing like the, the, the one decision right. that's like I'm supposed to be right. doing like, and yeah. we stress if, over that. That's right. like, I, this is it. Like it's either this or this. I don't know what God and, wants. And, and as if your life, could, your life go purpose, the wrong way. Your life purpose has to be one job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and people can, people sometimes in those moments think to themselves, well, there, there's like a wrong way to go here. Mm. And one of the things that I would say is as long as either option before you were three or four options, whatever they're before you, as long as there's, they're, they're not a moral category that you're breaking by choosing any one of those options, then just do what you want. Like pray, seek out wise counsel and then do what you want. Yeah. Right. Like there, there is no right or wrong in those moments. There may be a wise or an unwise, but there's not a, a right or a wrong. And even even if you choose the one that's maybe less wise, it doesn't mean you went down the wrong path. You, you didn't miss God's will for your life. You're, you're going in, in the direction and God's going. The, the beauty of it is, is if you're one of God's children is that whatever we do, the, the choices we make, God is working in mm-hmm. those exact moments for our good and for his glory. Mm-hmm. Like we, we need to actually believe that as people yeah. and trust that that's true. Because if we did, we would actually be able to, I think, make some of these decisions in a way that wasn't so stressful. We would be able to come before and say, okay, does God, you know, do I want, does, is it Cape and right? Is it Bible school? Or is it like, go get a job, right? Like, or, you know, do I, do I quit my job and start a business or do I, you know, switch companies? What, whatever that choice is in front of you, as long as it's not a, a moral category, pray about it, seek wise counsel, and then do what you want. God will use it for your good and for his glory. Yeah. yeah. And as believers, like we're filled with the spirit and he both gives us counsel and wisdom as we seek God. And he also helps to shape our decisions as we yeah. make them right too. So if we trust in that, then it's huge. Yeah. I believe that's in James one. Mm. Ask for wisdom and, and he will give it to you if you believe. Mm-hmm. I've always thought of it this way that, uh, yeah, love God, do what you want and start like say I want to be I'm really passionate I love working with wood so I want to be a carpenter and you start doing that for a long time pursue that have that as your passion uh, and if the Lord wants to take you somewhere else he will and he'll either place a different passion in you and maybe you know you have this workshop and all the lumber catches on fire you know <laughs> like he's going to direct you whatever way he he wills it to be so if if that's not where he's going to have you at this time, he'll move you to the next place. That's how I've always been at peace with that. 
Mm-hmm. So we have a freedom to to pursue these passions God has given us, mm-hmm. and when He wants to, He may uh, move us in towards a different one. Well, that's interesting. When I was considering ministry, my call was not like my call to ministry was not like Andrew's, where it was like this like specific moment of like yes, you're going to go. Mine was more mm-hmm. of a, a process of God slowly working in me to get me to this point of yeah, this is what I want to do. But when I was considering that, I, I met with some guys that were in pastoral ministry, and one of the, one of the guys told me very early on in the process was avoid ministry like the plague. This guy this is a local pastor. Um, and he said, Greg Harris. No, it was not no. Greg. Um, he said, avoid it like the plague. And if, because ministry is, is definitely not suited for everybody. Mm. Um, it's, it's not the easiest work. Um, but if God has that for you in your future, he will get you there. And so don't run into it with your eyes, like not wide open to the, to the realities of what it is. Um, and the reality is God mm. did exactly what Daniel's saying. I, I tried to go in different directions and God got me, kept coming back to this direction in my life. So that's, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. And I, I feel like if you ask yourself the question, does God work all things mm. together for the good of those who love him? If you ask yourself that at every like choice decision crossroads you have to make, then you're like, well, if I love God and if I believe that this is a wise decision, then yes, he will. If you believe that, then mm-hmm. it'll help guide your life. Mm. That is remarkable, guys. This is great. You know, this is one of the best podcasts ever. Wow. Or at least in a long time. At least That's maybe a in a long statement. time. Do you know, Greg, Greg Harris has been out the last couple of times. I'm going to be honest, one of the best podcasts was when Ezra and Jeff ran. Oh, the, the race. Yes. Oh man, that was, that was a good episode. That I remember was, that. So I just needed to throw that in there. That was a great episode. This, that was one I don't the, think this tops it, but it's close. No, no. that's how did, close. How did they race? Oh, if they were. Oh, got, they went outside. They set up the equipment, <laughs> and then they from one end of the parking lot to the other. No way. They uh, ran. Who won? Um, uh, Jeff felt. Nezer felt. Jeff. Both felt. I they both felt. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I, don't was, I don't remember it. This was fresh <laughs> off, I think, Ezra's first Achilles surgery. Well, oh, Ezra's head. I think you might be right. Yes, and and I think the big thing after he was, oh my Achilles. Oh, my Achilles. And I just know someone fell. I think Jeff might have fallen at the beginning, but, uh, I mean, once once <laughs> once Jeff gets going, man, he's he's a fast guy. He's got the long stride. Um, he, he's like he a is, locomotive. He is a locomotive. He's pure energy. He is, he's an American hybrid. That's what he is. He is an American uh-huh. hybrid is what he is. Anyways, Dan, I think you're saying something important. I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I was just talking about how great this is. <laughs> nice. And, and how fun this was to do with all you guys. And I don't know, unless there's anything else you guys want to bring up. That, you know, a little rant action here on the, on the end. A little here's the thing. No, oh, here's the thing. Here's that the bit's thing. already taken. Oh, that's it. That's, that's, the, yeah, that's the Between Two Worlds. Uh, another yeah. plug. Between Two Worlds has a here's the thing where Gitch often rants about things he just doesn't like in this world. Nice. Some of them are uh, holes in jeans. Um, oh. could be, could jeans be in generals. Uh, mine's bagels. Yeah, and bagels. Uh, double lane drive throughs So if you want to hear about any of those. <laughs> between Two Worlds is the place for you. Between Two Worlds is the place to be. Uh, I just want a donut store, Dan. That's what I want. Oh, man. Like, nice. don't get me started on a donut store. What do we have? Tim Hortons here? Dude, in another life, Luke and I, if you're serious about starting a donut shop, come talk to Luke and I because we want in, we have, we want in and we have the ideas and we have the, the vision to make mm. this happen. Wow. We know you're listening out there, donut connoisseurs. And <sighs> if, if you want to, uh, if you want to partner with us Unreal. for the gospel, if you want to invest and invest in the gospel. We're thinking donut ver- Bible verses on the bottom of the donuts. You know that's already been mm. done, right? The donut man was already a thing. 
forgot about the dumb. Wow, yeah, Luke. Well, that kind of kills our plan. Yeah. Killed. Killed wow. the idea. Well okay, done. think of this. A bagel shop. Yes. With verses on That's the bottom. That's exactly of the what donut. I'm talking about. The donut. Ma- the bagel man. The bagel man. Nice. The I go- love it. The, ba- the bagel gospel man. Subliminal exactly. gospel. While we're on bagels, do you like the bottom half or the top half? Honestly, I think bagels are a waste of space. Are you kidding me? Are you me? kidding me? Mm. Bagels are unbelievable. unbelievable. They take longer to toast. They're dense, though. Yeah, it's four They're slices rich. of bread. I'm not eating four slices of bread. I'm going to eat two. One bagel is equivalent to like five slo- slices of bread. So you're going to eat... No, but you said... You just said... <laughs> what? You basically are eating four slices of bread because four you're slice, eating one bagel. Four slices of bread is way too much for me to it's put in a toaster. Efficient. I can just... I would eat four slices of bread if it wasn't such a waste of my time. That way, I just put two a bagel in, and that's that's four slices of bread right there. But you know you can get a four-slice toaster, though, right? Yeah, but that's a waste of time and money. I can just get bagels. Wow. If we have any listeners left after that, uh, thank you for sticking around. That's amazing. Uh, I'm glad you you got, you got educated about the, the bagels in this toast. Is it bagel or is it bagel? Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's dude. a great question. Uh, Let's get real. You can look up. There's many. There's, yeah. Oh, that's a tough one, too. I think it's bagel, but that's just me. Some people say I pronounce it wrong. And we've officially lost our last listener. Thanks, guys. It is bagel. See you next week. (laughs) 